NBA draft decisions are done, the 2020 men's hoops lineup is in, and we're missing our favorite Spartan dad. MSU football is still holed up in a Cold War bunker, spectral protest is brewing in the Pac-12, and of course, we answer your Twitter questions. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves to Wolverines Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined, as always, by the man who has BDE, big depressed energy. Sad to see Luca Garza's daddy, Xavier Tillman, go on to the NBA. That's Kevin Greck. Greckers, how you doing, buddy? Uh, Luca called me, and he was like, did you see? And I was like, yeah, of course I saw. God, he's so dumb, Luca. Oh, but like, what do you tell him? You know, he wanted his chance at redemption, you know, after he got owned by Xavier in the last game, he's not going to get it. So he'll be left wanting, you know, competing theory. I think you heard Xavier was staying and he's like, I'm coming back. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, uh, good. Good for Xavier. Tell him we're happy for him. He's on to the NBA. I think it's a decision that we were both expecting. It just makes the most sense. So yep. we'll get into uh, it a little bit in a little bit. Yep. Yep. But, uh, but uh, he had a hell of a of a Big Ten career, and uh, we're excited to see what's in store for him. Yes, I'm. I'm excited because two of my absolute favorite Spartan players are moving into a league that um, I don't have a ton of cares for. And... <laughs> you you have to get motivated to pay any attention to whatsoever. Yep. So, so this will be good. Um, but uh, get ready for the usual sp- spiel. Uh, we do want to say thank you for listening. Uh, if we could ask for you to uh, share the pod with, you know, frankly, anybody in your life, but if they like MSU, that helps. Uh, give us a follow on the old Twitter machine at Spartan underscore pod. That's Spartan with an S, pod with a P, underscore with a line underneath between the two of them. And of course, rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Uh, We do appreciate those reviews. Did I nail that, Kevin? You did. You did. Awesome. Well done. Top Uh, 10 all time. (laughs) Uh, We got a little little funk to us. We got to work through it here. Going to give a quick shout out to our presenting sponsor, Frazier's Pub, Ann Arbor, Michigan, Packard Street. It is the oldest sports bar in Ann Arbor. It is open for dine-in and takeout. Whatever you feel safe doing, do it there. Great food, great beverages, and currently for five ninety nine, you get a twenty three ounce of Bell's Official, which I gotta say is I'm into that beer. I like the Bell's Official. How about you? Mm. I didn't know that it existed until right now. Bell's Official. Oh, I'll, I'll get one. You're, yeah, you're missing out. They're very good. Um, okay. I think it's a six point four. Uh, it's a, it's a deceptive, uh, it's tasty. It's one of those sort of juicy, hazy IPAs. It's great. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, Kevin, we got a lot to talk about. You want to tell the people, uh, what we're going to be doing, doing for the show structure wise? Oh yeah. Yeah. First off, Greenwall, basketball, then football or the other way around because football always leads. Then off Grand River, uh, Pac-12 stuff's happening over there. Sunbelt conference thinks that they're going to keep playing football. The Rock now owns part of the XFL. It's crazy. Um, and then, you know, we're going to have a, a, a real sponsor. And then on to your Twitter questions, of which there are many. 
and of which are varied and of high quality. <laughs> so a uh, lot to look forward to. But first off, Greenwall. Yeah. And football does normally lead, but I mean, we would be, we'd be foolish, foolish, Kevin, mm-hmm. start with football because um, it seems really late, but we finally know what our 2020 roster is going to look like because Xavier Tillman has decided to go pro. Aaron Henry has decided to withdraw from the NBA draft. Um, and so I guess, you know, we set it up top, very excited for Xavier Tillman. Um, yeah. sad to see him go, right? Like both of those seem to be, can coexist, uh, but mm-hmm. happy for him all the same. Um, Aaron Henry returning. I think we've, we've long said, uh, bruh, just come back for a year. It's okay. Yeah. That's a, that would be more difficult to understand, especially under these circumstances where there's less of a net this year. If you don't get drafted this year and there was that possibility with Aaron Henry, it's not entirely certain, you know, can you go play in Europe in the next year? Can you go to, you know, is there going to be G League teams? You know, at least if you get drafted, there's some guaranteed money and there's some stuff going on. Um, that is less the case uh, right now. And if you don't get drafted, you're kind of falling into a hole where, you know, NBA teams aren't seeing film on you for two years, you know? So right. I think this was the right call. Uh, he'll stay on radars um, and he'll have opportunities as we all know. Yeah. And so I think it might be fun. Uh, I don't know if you're in the mood for some fun right now, Kevin, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but given that we're pretty confident football is not happening, but there's more of a question mark on maybe basketball will be happening to take a quick second to talk about 2020 and what that might look like. Okay. Um, Cause I'm, I'm sure the, the feedback that Henry got was we like your skills, Yep. but we need to see some consistency um, said differently. We need you to see, we need to see you as a killer out there. Yeah. Like we need to see you as a guy who's going to get buckets. We know you can defend. We know you can pass. We want to see you board. We want to see you get buckets, right? Agree. Yep. So I presume uh, he he internalized that. Um, I mean, that's kind of been the story for the last two years, right? Is the, which, you're never going to get a bad Aaron Henry. It's just like, which Aaron Henry are you going to get? Yeah, how engaged is Aaron Henry going to be? And he's almost always engaged on the defensive side of the ball. It's just like mm-hmm. offensively, that man can kind of disappear for periods of time. So, yeah, um, and, and I would also say even at the end of last year when he was putting up steady points, they were like stealth points too. Mm-hmm. Like he just quietly would put twelve to eighteen points together. Just it, like it was like he was a ninja. You just didn't even see it. I mean, they were, it, it was, it was steady. He had some breakout. He had some plays that were like, wow, but he just was, I mean, and I think that's what the NBA is looking for is just like, can you do 12 to 18 every night? We don't care if anyone, we're not looking for your highlight reel to like, you know, be the thing that's going to get the, the fans, their butts out of the seats. We just want to see it night after night with you going out there being a killer. 
He's also got to get that three point percentage up. I don't remember where it ended last year, but yes, no, that's fair. He can he can get to the league, I think, right now with his defense, but he's got to get that shooting percentage up if he's going to go. Um, yeah, because so if we're talking twenty twenty, you know, uh, the obviously the big questions are going to be kind of. I mean, I, I'll put four slash five the four the the power forward slash center positions. Mm-hmm. Though, I mean, Hauser's. Hauser's a lock at the four. Presumably. Though, though if you're going small, he may shift into the five. And and so, I mean, if you, what's going to be interesting about next year's team is that two through four are really kind of your wings here. And, and so Henry could do two or three, right? Yeah. Well, it depends on what you're going to get out of Josh Langford. Sure. One, it depends on how much you can run Rocket off the ball. Right now, I think we have to reasonably assume that when the season starts, Rocket Watts is going to get the bulk of the points at the one. So the question is, can the coaching staff manufacture ways to get him off the ball? And I, right now, until we see something other than, you know, amazing Instagram thirst shots from Foster Lawyer. Uh, I'm not willing to say that, that that's a place that I want to see a lot of minutes go. AJ Hoggard is coming in as more of a combo guard. So we'll see what he does at the one, but running Tom Izzo's offense takes some time, like regardless. So Aaron yeah. Henry is the one until otherwise stayed, or pardon me. Rocket Watts is the one until otherwise stated. We don't know what we're getting from Josh Langford because he's been injured for two years now. Right. So I don't have any idea what to expect from him. It's entirely possible that we move Henry up to the two. And and that gets you, that gets you rocket off the ball. No rocket would still be on the ball. Well, I mean, I'm just saying that Henry's got the handles, right? That like you can, you can dish to Henry. You can have Henry bring it up sometimes. Like it, it, it allows, it allows Rocket to have some mobility on the court. Sure. Yeah. And then you have Hauser, who can, uh, you know, you could run plays through as well, a la uh, Draymond his senior year. I mean, we have you been watching a lot of Marquette game film because, like. I don't know. About this, is Joey what I, this is what I I've heard from people. Point guard capabilities. Um, from what I remember from his one year at Marquette, they had a very ball dominant point guard that wasn't letting the rest of the team do much of anything else. Um, my concern is in the bigs. So Hauser, I think if you believe the hype, we can rely upon. But we're starting the year with Marcus Bingham at the five, right? You ooh ooh. So th- all right. Let's talk about the five. Um, that's your center position for those who, uh, who you know, uh, don't have the number lingo. Um, yeah. The so Xavier Tillman occupied that spot um, the past the year before that. He split time with Nick Ward. Um, you have a handful of options at the five. It's a little bit of a logjam. So you have uh, Marcus Bingham, who you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Thomas Kithier, mm-hmm. um, Maddie Sissoko, 
who's coming mm-hmm. in this year. Yep. Very I, physically gifted freshman. Yeah. Um, it, you might, might, big might, be able to play Malik Hall there a bit. Or Julius Marble. Well, no, Julius Marble's for sure a five. Yep. Uh, it, Marble's not getting minutes of the four. And so... Yeah, well, I guess what I'm saying is maybe you play Hall, but you definitely play Marble. Marble there, yes. So My- I... So, I think you're. I think you're right. Sorry, sorry, but I think you're right that Bingham gets the start at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, by everything I've read and 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 heard, it's not just MSU fandom that's high on Marble. Um, the coaches kind of love him too, mm-hmm. and apparently, really uh, ingested the tutelage of of Tillman. Um. Well, he most closely resembles Tillman in mm-hmm. terms of like size and skill to a degree from what we've seen. Yeah, his defense seems to be kind of there. Um, I mean, it, look, it, he's, you know, Tillman there, ended, there, but... well, I mean, it, on track is, I guess, what mm-hmm. I'm saying mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, because obviously Tillman ended, you know, Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. But it, you saw flashes from Marble that would suggest that he has uh, the right body and and the um, the sort of uh, smart man physical game to him. You know, it, Tillman was a master at using body position mm-hmm. to manipulate who he was playing against into what they're not good at. Um, so it, I I don't I'm kind of high on on Marble finishing the year or Sissoko. I mean, if Bingham can can produce offensively and get consistent on D then it's it's Bingham's job to lose right here's my guess for the first tough game of the year the first game that we can actually start evaluating where the coaching staff thinks these guys are my guess is Bingham starts my guess is Kithier plays the most minutes at the five and Marble is somewhere in between. Um, okay. I'm, I might even be willing to say that Marble and Bingham have very similar minute allocations. Bingham being the starter, Kithier playing the end of games and playing more minutes overall. That's my bet. And if you, with, with zero tape on the year um, and pure speculation, because <laughs> why not? Um, who do you think ends the year at the five? Starting or ending games? Both. Give me one. One for each. My guess is by the end of the year, Sissoko starting at the five. And unless he takes a big step forward, Bingham's biggest contribution to the team will at the beginning of the season. And we're going to be wondering whether he's going to be transferring at the end of the season. That's my bet. There's a lot of competition from what we've seen of Bingham. He's not any bigger than he was before. We'll see. Maybe. Hopefully Maybe I'm wrong. 14, 15 on. I, I think he needs a quarantine 45. <laughs> um, so. Either way. I know. I mean, it's important. It, like, look, I think these are complicated conversations and, and difficult conversations that are obviously going to be had internally with the team. Mm-hmm. And as a fan base, they're kind of weird conversations to have because we're going to be excited for whoever. Yeah. And, and, if someone does end up looking elsewhere, finishing a degree, whatever, um, obviously wishing them 
all the success in the world. Um, so, but uh, I also don't want to end the segment without just uttering Gabe Brown. Because yeah, well, no, I know that's the other thing. Well, because I I didn't want to I didn't know how much you wanted to break down the roster, but Langford makes this a little complicated because Henry's going to be two three, right? Brown's like three four could yeah. shift up to the two. Also, though, yeah, like I mean, God, if if I mean Gabe Brown is I I think Brown and Marble I think are the players I am most excited to see next year. Yeah. Well, and and Malik Hall, because I mean, he, Malik Hall had some like good moments last year too. There's a lot of reasons to be excited. I want to iterate again, though. This team is going to look so different next year. I mean, yeah, crazy different. I, I'm just trying to get everyone in that headspace so that you don't cry during the first game because this year's upcoming team will not resemble last year's team. I, I think we can be happiest if this team, I, I think this team will um, have a little bit more vertical to it. Um, and I think this team is probably going to run a ton. It's a deep. It's deep. Yeah. So it, it's deep with athleticism. That's for sure. Um, I, I think we have, um, we're going to cover some sort of related big 10 news. Um, but I know that um, we have some Twitter questions about potential standings next year. As alluded to up top, Luca Garza says, I want to come back a year. Uh, Which again, is also the right call. Cause like his game's not going to change. You might as well just go be a campus God for a year. Like, yeah, God, God bless you, Luca Garza for the experience that you're going to have at Iowa this year. Just being the dude. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're giving them, them hope. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, we'll get into Fran and defense (laughs) one half of the game and, and then coaching. Uh, but, uh, also the, I think the huge news is Brad Underwood really just winning the lottery. Kofi Coburn and Io DeSumo are coming back to Illinois. Um, that team is going to be fun next year those are big gets i mean that puts iowa solidly in the top you mean illinois sorry i mean Iowa's already solidly in the top so illinois solidly in the top three four teams like, yeah maybe maybe team. the team could be to possible be. yeah yeah um but yeah we got tw- questions on it later so we'll get to it but um let's uh let's chat about the sport that normally leads um football. Um, so look, it's tough to continue to talk about football because we're, we're both pretty certain it's not going to happen. Shouldn't happen, but, um, we'll pretend to move forward and and march with it. The, I mean, basketball is also not going to happen, but I mean, football is more immediate. So we'll, we'll deal with that. Give me hope. Uh, so the, the big news this past week on on Friday, Andrew Anthony Jr., uh, three star, high three star wide receiver out of East Lansing High School, made his commitment, and he chose the University of Michigan. So you're um, telling me um, Spartan Twitter took this one hard? <laughs> no, they were they were real classy and champs about it. Um, yeah, it was it was a bit of a meltdown. Um, Why, like? Have you guys never seen a recruit go somewhere else before? 
like why this one yeah it, he's I, from east lansing is that why i think i think that's a big piece of it i, I my so i think people got themselves into this mindset that because andrew anthony was from east lansing that he was a little pandemic immune right that that he knew michigan state uh, he knew the campus and there were the crystal balls that were in on him and it was all good. Uh, th- there wasn't the coach Tucker is, you know, prohibited from really recruiting right now mm-hmm. because of the pandemic. And, but th- that doesn't matter for Anthony because he's, he's in our backyard. Um, <laughs> maybe query that someone doesn't want to go to school a block. Like what is East Lansing high school? Literally a block away. It's like four or five. Thank you. <laughs> Bertram is several blocks from Grand River. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, he's a short stroll from, from Gunson. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, it, anyway, I think it, the other piece was that it was the thought that MSU lost what would have been the centerpiece of their class, the highest recruit, right? In a class that had no wide receivers to our rival. And he would have been the fourth wide receiver commit in that class for them. Mm -hmm. Was also kind of like a dude, how did you not close this one? So this is mostly, what is this mostly? Is this mostly a local kid going somewhere else? Is this mostly losing to the rival or is this mostly an indictment of where Mel Tucker is at as a recruiter right now? Because there was all of that hype several months ago, which I also tried to caution. But what what do you think it is? So my sense is that it's really the first two things you listed that now people are projecting onto the third thing. Okay. So I, as we've said, it's really, really hard right now to actually evaluate Mel Tucker as a recruiter. And if anything, apparently Andrew Anthony in particular pointed out like, look, Mel and staff seem like really nice dudes, but I don't, I don't know them. Mm-hmm. Um, I've known Harbaugh since I was a sophomore. Mm-hmm. Now, might be fair to ask if you've gotten a chance to know Jim Harbaugh and you still want to go there. Strange. But I get I get his point, right? Like, um, I'm not dunking on the kid. I'm dunking on Harbaugh there if anyone has any questions about that. But, uh, you know, look, it. this one, I get why people, this one stung a little bit when, particularly when we're so starved for football news. Um, but I also think he's a kid and maybe he wants to be an hour away from his parents. Like fair cares. (laughs) I mean, hell you and I pretty much did the exact same thing in reverse. Yeah. So I, dear Spartan Twitter, I'm sorry that this happened to you. It didn't happen to you, by the way. Yeah. Spartan Twitter. I don't really actually have any sympathy for you whatsoever. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's fine. Guys, uh, 
it's, it's a okay. hard year for recruiting. It's just, it's going to be this way. I'm sorry. It's going to be this way. You can't evaluate Mel Tucker right now on recruiting. He's, he, this is a wash. This is a wash yep. year. Yep. Um, so let's talk about people you should feel sorry for, though. And that is the current team. The Denzians uh, of Holmes Hall. Yeah. Uh, so MSU released their regular COVID numbers um, on their annual test or their, I'm sorry, their weekly testing. And seven athletes have tested positive for COVID. The school saying that they were all already in quarantine protocols. Yep. They didn't say they were football players, but can probably assume they were football players. But we're not aware of any non-football players in quarantine <laughs> protocols. So safe to assume. Yeah. Um, and and so it, I, I wasn't really kidding about the we should feel sorry for these kids. Um, and I, I think we're going to get – I know we're going to get more into – what's being asked of players right now. But I think it's worth mentioning that um, one player for the University of Arizona, uh, Jaden Mitchell, um, has had COVID. Mm-hmm. It, he tweeted out that it lasted three weeks. He lost 14 pounds and was quarantined for four weeks and, yeah. and spoke to the mental and physical health toll of that isolation. Um, I... Th- that... And I don't know why it took that story because I think in, there was some greater concept of I knew that quarantine sucks, mm-hmm. but like I kind of figured it was maybe a college version of the quarantine I'm doing. Yeah, I don't think that's it. I think yep. a lot is being asked of these kids, and I cannot imagine sitting in a dorm room by myself. It would be nice if we just kick the can to spring right now, and we could just give up this charade, and we don't have to keep being uncomfortable with the whole situation as fans. Um, and we stop putting these young people in this situation. So let's all just write our local, uh, you know, big 10 commissioner that, uh, yeah. Kevin, Kevin, what's his name? Who none of us have, have met. Warren, I'll, Kevin I'll look him up. I'll look him up in the Kevin directory. Uh, I'll send out a note. <laughs> Uh, we're, uh, we're, it's difficult right now for Kevin. So we're really sticking together and supporting one another. Um, so yeah, like the, just the faster we give this up, the better for everyone. Right. It's, it's not going to work. Including the spring. kids. Exactly. Most importantly, the kids. Yes. Um, and, and I think I've said that in an ideal scenario, they're able to do some level of workouts. And I don't even care if they're position workouts at this point in time, you know, kind of what they were doing before small groups, maybe that way you're able to, to better trace and, but like also, and we're, we're going to switch topics here in a second to the PAC 12, but for the love of God, if anyone doesn't want to do this, let's also support those people. Cause yep, absolutely. it's a silly charade that we're doing right now. So with that, let's head to Off Grand River, and I, I think a more complicated conversation that we're about ready to have. Excellent. But starting from the same premise. Turn the dial um, on which that. Is, yeah. Uh, the Pac-12, a an unknown number of players, um, so we should say that at the front, 
um, reportedly as many as 400 who were involved in the conversation from Pac-12 football programs made a series of demands of the Pac-12. And the, uh, the instigator, the impetus for the conversation was both COVID and uh, racial justice. Um, so the, the big pieces of, of concern for them were, on the one hand, uh, you're asking us to, to do something for revenue that, for, for, for school revenue that, that may be, and indeed is probably dangerous. Mm-hmm. And then also, um, they are evaluating how they can be better advocates for, for black people in the country. Yep. And have noticed that uh, there is a lot of revenue that comes into um, colleges to finance sports, and that it is largely from football, which is a in, and basketball, which are predominantly played by black athletes. Though a very small percentage of those people will go on to play professionally, and so one of the conversations that's happening around increasing equality in the country is improving generational wealth among black people. And so part of that, so they, they came up with a series of demands. Um, some of them centered around COVID. Uh, so uh, requiring standardized testing from a third party. Um, they also wanted to make sure that athletes received six years of medical insurance after eligibility for all athletics, including COVID-19 related medical issues and that there would be no repercussions for anyone who decided to sit out. Now that already was a PAC 12 um, decision Um, from a, you know, talking about uh, generational wealth, they wanted profit sharing. They wanted to have um, endowments fund uh, Olympic sports. That is largely to say non-revenue generating sports. Uh, so you want? Go ahead. Go, can, no, no. Keep going. Um, they uh, also. Sorry. Uh, I think the the other interesting things were um, six year athletic scholarships to so that people could have both undergraduate and graduate degrees. Um, and uh, one time transfer without punishment. And the ability to fully exercise their free speech, um, participate in charitable work, and uh, freedom to participate in campus activities outside of mandatory athletic participation. They also wanted their due process rights, whatever that. Yes. Means. Oh, uh, and and you can enter the draft if you go under dra- undrafted. You can come back within seven days of the draft, which is a uh, a Harbaugh suggestion. Yeah, some of these have already been talked about, and they're good. Some of these were very dumb. And I, I will admit that I've read it and I got distracted by the very dumb ones. Um, demanding 50% of revenue, demanding that endowments make up the difference for sports. So now like academic and research monies are now going to be spent subsidizing sports. The, okay. That doesn't that does defeat the entire purpose of this whole thing. Like um I I don't have a problem with a, a large number of these though, like these student athletes should be insured for, you know, medical issues connected to their 
their play for years after uh, they're done playing. Um, I really don't have a problem with six years uh, in athletic scholarships so that they can get uh, graduate degrees as well. Um, you know, I want them to have their due process rights. Um, whatever, whatever that these means. things are, are just very, uh, it, it bothers me because it's like when you enter into these negotiations from that angle, it's just like, it so ruins your credibility as to like, I, I just, I roll my eyes also whenever it starts with like we demand x we demand y we demand z it's like give context make an argument for why these things are important don't like you aren't winning the hearts and minds with this um and some of the, i mean i i probably agree with 75 percent of what they were demanding but um it's just it's my priors and it's my racial bias probably that that caused me to initially dismiss these demands um so i need i need to go and think about why i I reacted the way i did that and 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 that's fine and I, i i think that's that's good right like but i also don't think that if you're if you're like at a place where you say 75 percent of these things i agree with um well i just put that number out it could be sure. 50 it could be 40 a portion a substantial portion of them i i agree some really important ones in particular you agree with mm-hmm. um ones related to uh player safety name image and likeness um the uh the ability to further education to get meaningful degrees uh to bolster yourself beyond athletics those are really big ones, right? Like, um, I, you know, there is a belief about how endowments work that is, uh, requires a more nuanced conversation. I think, you know, to your point, the way it was presented was kind of actually like, um, the declaration of independence in that it genuinely, in that it was a list of grievances and then a list of actions. Um, and, it didn't, it wasn't necessarily the, the, it was, it was a provocative way to, to put out a list of proposals, mm-hmm. but it requires a much larger conversation because for instance, one of the reasons that they want to make sure that uh, Olympic sports are still supported is because they want profit sharing from, or actually revenue sharing from the sport that they play in. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, a different way to make that argument might be that not wanting to see other sports cut that, you know, alternative methods of funding them are secured such that a, a you know, a revenue sharing um, uh, program could be put in place. They chose the endowment, which is complicated. Here, here's the best way. The rest of us need to start taking an active interest in field hockey start putting it on television start watching it you know if here i think we have to acknowledge something that's a little bit uncomfortable for those of us watching or listening to the podcast and just watching the games it's us that determines 
what's economically viable in these sports and what's not, right? It's also us that is giving this incentive for the COVID side of these demands to play these games. It's yep. so that we can watch them and we, our eyeballs can get advertised to with Barbasol and I need that under four timeout, baby. I need that under four timeout. Rotel on the big 10 network. Um, so <laughs> if you, I, I would rather, rather than harping on the NCAA right now or harping on football, I think you should maybe point the camera inwards a little bit and wonder if, if I do think that uh, it is inappropriate to ask these young people to participate in sports, maybe it's a comment on you to boycott these sports if they're actually yeah. being played in the fall. As it sounds like, and we'll get into this, the Sun Belt means to do, and the Big 12 just announced they actually mean to do, and the SEC is a bunch of crazy people, and they might actually do it too. Um, maybe what we have to do as a community, if we actually are standing in solidarity with these players, is we have to petition advertisers not to advertise during college football games if we yep. actually if we believe these things so much. The other uncomfortable thing that we have to do is acknowledge that if we are going to start being more equitable in the share of money that, let's be honest, football and basketball players make for college sports, it will come at the expense of other student athletes getting an opportunity to enroll in school. I mean, unless you can yep. figure out some way of regulating coaching salaries and uh, facilities expenditures. Um, Which is something they asked for. Yeah. I, I don't know how you do it. And I, I would. No, I know, but at least they acknowledged that that is a piece of the pie, right? Mm hmm. But yes, I didn't mean to throw you off. I would bet athletic directors quietly they wouldn't admit this. But unless <laughs> you're one of unless you're one of like eight or nine schools, I bet almost eighty percent of the power five athletic directors would love to figure out some way of capping coaching salaries and uh and uh capital expenditures for facilities. Unless you can figure out those things. This will come at the expense of other uh, student athletes getting opportunities at Stanford. For example, Stanford took this opportunity to buzz a bunch of uh, of non-revenue sports, and that's going to continue happening. It was somewhere so, between six and ten of them, I think. They, yeah, like, I mean, they made a major cut. So you got to choose, and you know what? Maybe it is fair. Maybe it is right that football and basketball players get a larger piece of the pie that they're earning rightfully. But you have to know that it is going to come at the expense of these other things. Money, the money isn't just sitting out there as we're learning right now. You know, Wisconsin, right. Barry Alvarez is saying that Wisconsin athletics is about to run at a minus $100 million deficit. I mean, I'm not worried about Wisconsin athletics, but there are, market realities at play here. And that's yeah, the and first thing that's going to go. I, I think my takeaway from the list of demands was, and I, I don't know that it's actually different than yours, because it is that <laughs> it, it, it was a, a very s sort of stark 
way of framing, which is a, a thing that's been said. It's not like this was new, but it was a, hey, um, we make a lot of money for you. And I, I think for me, the interesting piece of it was most of us, and and by us, I mean largely black people, largely black college kids who play these mm-hmm. sports, will not are not doing this with an opportunity to earn wealth later on. Yet we bring in a ton of money for you. What do you well, I'm gonna disagree with that a little bit. Cause there is a value to the degree. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes, you're right. You're right. There's a value to the degree. So And they're acknowledging that by saying that they want to add augment that with a graduate degree. Right. Yes. You're, you, it, so I, I guess what I was going to say, my takeaway from it was that I don't know that we, I, I, is that this was a, a conversation starter mm-hmm. to work through a very complicated problem about how do we provide more equity right. in the sport that they are participating in. And it's it's not fair for me to get all frustrated here with the student athletes because like this isn't your fault, right? Like some of your demands are dumb, but n- none of this is your fault. So I like I shouldn't be getting that upset now about it you, under these circumstances. Um. So yeah, it it it's a it's a piece in an ongoing conversation that we have been talking about in varying forms about how do we how how does this get better because mm-hmm. because the current situation isn't the right situation in some way shape or form it is not the right situation I mean we've done not a sponsors on on Matt Coughlin advertising for fucking Delta like I mean <laughs> like I mean we it so I I guess I Right. Looking at these, particularly the notion that 50% of revenue, and I know we're going way long on this, but like 50% of revenue would be, would be split, would be profit shared, not profit shared, revenue shared. Like that is, to your point, a massive cut to all non-revenue generating sports. It's also just not feasible. Like there. Oh yeah. No, no, no. I agree that it's not feasible. You, I don't think you could run football. If you split 50% of the revenue. Yeah. So, or, or at least not at all the power five schools. Right. So it's, it is at some point the, the demands are a, a non-starter. I look at the entirety of the list as a, in an, in encapsulation of a broader conversation that needs to be had. And certainly not every one of these demands is going to be met or could be dem- could be met. But it was an important step in a longer, much longer conversation that has been going on for the better part of the duration that we've done this podcast. Let me ask you a question. So we waste even sure. more time on this. There are Mac. We're, we're going to use the Mac here because we're comfortable with the Mac and because we like to take shots of the Mac whenever possible for some reason. Do you think... Football player, average football player in the Mac, not Antonio Brown, not not yeah, anyone point. else. Not I get your point. Yeah. 
do you think they net benefit from college football as it is right now? No, and and to that sort of to to what you're getting at, you look at I, the athletic had a whole write up on on this story that it was pretty good that that mentioned a quote from some, it was either an athletic director in the Pac-12 or um, or at least someone in an athletic department that was the majority of these players are going to play because they want to play. Mm. And I, I, I don't know that they're wrong about that because you're right. The majority of, of college football players play the sport because they want to. I think what I, I'm getting at I here, wonder, the majority okay. of college yeah, football ahead. players already net benefit from college football as it exists right now. That's the point that I'm making. Sure. Certainly the majority of NCAA division one athletes, regardless of sport net benefit from this currently. Right. Sure. Is that fair to say? Yeah, that's that, that would be a, a fair assessment. Yeah. But are we ready to start walking down this road? Because there are definitely superstar athletes that are not properly compensated for what they do for the schools. That is undeniable, undebatable. Absolutely. Especially in football where you've got to spend three years there and in basketball where you've got to spend one year, even though NCAA always gets blamed for the NBA's rule, but whatever. Um, I, I think we've made it clear that we're not prudish on this. And I think I've made it clear that I support college athletes on not name image and likeness and things like that. I wonder if we're headed down a road where we start really hurting a large portion of what would be college athletes to benefit, to make things more equitable for a few. Sure. I think college basketball is already starting to solve this problem. Right. Because we already have guys going to the G League instead of going to college basketball. We already have guys going, you know, you can go straight to Europe and still end up in the league, even though NBA GMs and NBA scouts are still kind of dumb people in some ways. And it is it is possible for you to sort of go off, uh, you know, off somewhere and not, you know, be top of mind for these guys and not get drafted like. Well, I, I think maybe what we should do is use this as a big a bit of a segue because, you know, the problem with football in particular is that this is the minor league because yes. baseball has solved yes. this problem. Basketball mm-hmm. is starting to solve this problem. Hockey has solved this problem. It, it is it is football in particular that has these challenges. And so, I mean, you're you're not wrong, right? Like I and to, to put a, a serious bow on it for now because this is not like it's going to a conversation that's going to disappear from future podcasts you are you are not wrong at all to point out that this is a challenge and it and i i it's also fair to say that for a great number of these athletes who you know are maybe fringe nfl prospects that were meaningful contribute contributors to a team mm-hmm. that that were were maybe stars in their own right. At Connor Cook, level. for example. Sure. Connor Cook is yeah. a great example of this. Did not hack it in the NFL, 
but did not had, make the money that like was commensurate with the star power that he had in college. But if Mark D'Antonio had to pay Connor Cook something to keep him on the team, Mark D'Antonio would have cut a big check to get Connor Cook his, his right year. So maybe that we'll just use this as a because I think that kind of bows this up. We'll use this as a segue. Maybe the place that can be the minor league for college football athletes is the XFL. Perfect transition, Michael Jones. That's why you run this, this <laughs> podcast. Uh, for those who don't know, the XFL was on the brink of bankruptcy. And who steps in? Kevin, who steps in? Quick hint. Quick hint. I, I smelled movie. something. Our, our favorite movie. You got it? Can you smell Welcome it? Welcome to The Rock. <laughs> yes. The Rock and a couple, I don't know, other rich people stepped in are now co-owners of the XFL. The XFL is back, baby, and hopefully that means Connor Cook will finally get a start on a team somewhere. Uh, yeah, he already got cut from the XFL once. Uh, so, one, terrible Sean Connery impersonation. Two, um, award, is it saving from bankruptcy? Like, did they already go through bankruptcy, and this is just like the purchasing of the assets afterwards? Eh, kind I, of, don't I, mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how it works. Um, that's exciting though. We can still pivot to being an XFL podcast. We shouldn't yes. spend any more time on this either. <laughs> nope. Um, and because we kind of already talked about it, let's actually just say a couple other things about, um, other conferences very briefly. The Sunbelt, uh, conference has decided to march ahead with the season, 12 full games, uh, four non-cons cause why not? Uh, and then relatedly, the SEC had a video conference with play, uh, players council of some sort. Audio was leaked from it, and it was not great. Uh, they were the the conference was mildly confrontational with players who were raising very valid concerns about getting COVID nineteen. Oh, and we did not mention also that in, de, when the Pac twelve players made these demands public, Washington State coach uh, started kicking players off the team who supported the cause. Oh yeah, I want to make that clear. Retaliation against these guys is unacceptable. I want yeah. that explicitly clear. You cannot yes. retaliate against these guys. They, they they are driving an important conversation yep. that is a conversation. Yep. Like and and so we, we we are not interested in suppressing them. We may want to inquire, probe, but like we are happy they're being loud about it. Yep. And 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 support them fully in that. I might think so the endowment thing is dumb, but I will not I will not tolerate uh, the the numbers from an endowment. Uh, are flashy. Uh, people don't know that it's always pegged to specific expenditures. And so anyway, um, but you got to start calling donors up people. Uh, anyway, the uh, so yeah, uh, conferences being dumb on COVID uh, conferences being uh, neglectful of players who are asking very valid conversation questions about, um, about is this really responsible? <laughs> um and then kicking players off for voicing an opinion, uh, which I think was the most important point from the Pac-12, which was if we want to sit a year out, that should not damage us at all. Um, I had a note in here about speculation that Power 5 will institute some things. We've won, ran way long. We're going to bump it like uh, the big ten, uh, the up deck jerk guy. Um, quick game, uh, good NCAA, bad NCAA, uh, which is... Uh, I, I heard someone used to play a game 
where I forget the player, but they used it for Rocket Watts, where you had to drink if they did. You had to pick a side, and if they did the, oh, the good, good, if they thing, did something good, you got you had to drink. Had to drink if you picked the good side, uh, yeah, yeah, I like it. Um, so they did that with Rocket this past year as a as a very fun game. Um, but so uh, good NCAA is allowing players to wear social justice messages on jerseys. Bad NCAA is the legislation that we talked about a couple weeks ago or last week, maybe from the power five uh, conferences has officially been sent to Congress. Uh, Not great for name, image and likeness, but I guess I suppose a starting point for the conversation. And then last uh, breaking news, Kevin. Yeah. Breaking news. The big 12 has announced they are doing a 10 game schedule, nine conference games, one non-con. So I'm guessing they just pick the non-con they like the best on their existing schedule uh, of teams that are still willing to pay them, play them. Yeah. All right. Do we have any, uh, do we have any real sponsors on this uh, podcast today, Michael Jones? <laughs> on a scale of one to 10, how over this episode are you? No, I, 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 uh, I didn't fully realize just how long we were. And then yeah. I looked while you were reading off the, the news wire. Um, I yes, think, uh, uh, Twitter questions are going to be, be interesting. Yeah. Yep. So get everyone buckle up. This is going to be a two hour episode. Uh, real sponsor, Brandon Sands, of course, our dear friend who is a mortgage loan originator, having closed over 10,000 loans and working for one of the largest mortgage lenders in the country that is guaranteed rate, wants to let you know that mortgage rates are the lowest they have ever, ever, ever been. So if you are looking to buy a home or perhaps you own a home and are paying 4% or higher, it's time to consider working with Brandon. Uh, Brandon sets himself apart at having a consultative approach where he will sit down with you, talk about long-term goals, short-term goals, credit rating, income, extra money on the loan to reno your new property, yada, yada, yada. Important stuff that if you are a homeowner, you probably care about or want to own a home. Buying some points. Yeah. I I don't know why you would. I don't get it, but people do it. By maybe by maybe buying some points, Brandon will explain it. It's great. Maybe he'll come on the podcast and explain it. I could use that. That'd be helpful. Yeah, we should we should have him on to do a little quick a uh, little quick tutorial on uh, home ownership. That'll be a real um, real listener grab. Uh, Actually, that might be our all time highest listener. Like it's a way <laughs> bigger way bigger market than MSU sports. Yeah. Um, anyway, you can contact Brandon at rate.com backslash Brandon Sands. That that's rate.com backslash Brandon with an E, Sands with a Z, rate.com backslash Brandon Sands. Hey, and if and if your mortgage rate is over four percent, just call him. Just call me, idiot. Yeah, just there's literally him. it's free. There's nothing to lose by just calling Brandon. Quit being a goober, you know, you're disappointing yourself. You're disappointing your father. You're disappointing us, your podcast host. If your rate is over 4%, you got to call Brandon Sands for your own good. You're literally being a dumb, dumb. Just Just call it. Just when he picks up the phone, you don't even have to say anything at first. Just be like, just breathe heavy. (laughs) 4.25%. And he's going to be like, I I know. I understand. Let's get you down. Let's get you below. Let's get you where you belong. Come on. Yep. And he'll lead you on the way. All right, Jonesy, Twitter questions. Here's what I think we should do. I will read. You will answer. 
you will read, I will answer. And unless the other one of us has something spectacular to say, that's the format. What do you okay. think? Okay. You're you're really looking to push through. I respect it. It's fine. We have pages <laughs> still to do. All right. First up is John Hubbard, who first asks in a real heartbreaker of a question. I heard Drew Stanton was a huge fan of the pod until he heard about your love of the neon unis. He didn't get how anyone could love something that looked like it was designed by Don Draper thinking what people in the future would like. How do you feel to let down your hero? Yeah, I called Drew about this and I said, Drew, Drewson Stanton. What is this that John's saying? And, And Drew was like, what do you mean? What did John tell you? And I read the question to him and Drew was like, you know how John gets about the neon uniforms. And I was like, that's what I thought. I thought he was overreacting. And that's when Drew told me that John Hubbard is an idiot and that I should never listen to him. And I was like, whoa, Drew, Drew, you okay, man? And he was like, I just get really excited about the neon uniforms because I like them so much. I like sure. them so much. And then we agreed that John's not a bad guy. He just got a little over his skis on this one. And then we made arrangements for some socially distant drinks that we're not going to invite John to, but we will invite him to the next one. So this is your punishment, John. You missed this week's Crack and Drew Stanton hangout. But then hey, hey. back on the calendar the following week. And Jonesy's never invited. Jonesy's what? never invited. It's not my thing. What? It's Drew's th- what? It's Drew's thing. It's Who's? it's not my thing. What? It's not my thing. Um Drew. next Drew. up from John Drew. Hubbard. Hey, come on, Drew. Um, if you do a stand tribute episode, guess we're second with Drew. Uh, if you do a stand tribute episode, will you also do one for Jay who calls Craig? It's only fair. That's true. I would love to do one for Jay. I, I thought you were reading and I was answering and vice versa. Yeah, I had something you, I had to say to that. You Continue. just want to run through all of this on your own? Uh, uh, no, we won't. Um, the The only world in which we do a J.U. Kulkrick episode is where 98 of the podcast is done by Stanton or Javon Ringer, and then J.U. Kulkrick comes in for the last two. <sighs> I can't I believe I'm getting the last word on this. I can't right. believe I'm slandering someone that I actually didn't hate. Oh man, but I'm committed to the bit. All right. Uh, next question. This is really made for me, but it's for you. Looking for an investment opportunity. I have an idea for a food truck. Philadelphia cream cheesesteak. It combines the classic Philly cheesesteak sandwich, the processed bagel spread that put Philadelphia on the map. How does a 15% share sound? Isn't Philadelphia cream cheese not actually from Philadelphia? Correct. <laughs> it, he he's re, he's remembering that I had an interaction with um oh shit what's his name uh God, it's gonna really piss me off that I can't remember his name now um he's an improv guy uh did shit this, give me a second give me a second. Bill Cosby. Uh, uh, Paul F. Tompkins. Um, I was thinking Philly, you know. Yeah, Paul F. Tompkins on Twitter about this. He uh, mm-hmm. He's both decided that he's going to call it a Philadelphia cheesesteak to irk me, and then also that I had a, an interaction with Paul F. Tompkins, my most famous Twitter interaction uh, regarding Philadelphia cream cheese. I like Paul F. Tompkins, but that is sad. CTNTC asks, <laughs> favorite jam band? Uh, 
None. Uh, jam bands are the worst. Um, hard pass. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and say uh, for the next question that is going to come to me, CT, um, I will give you a different answer, but my worst concert experience was a jam band at MSU. Um, next question from CTNTC. Uh, when someone is deciding to go pro, what percentage of the delegates in your brain wants them to come back so they can play for your team? And what percentage wants them to follow their dream? Oh, 100% wants them to come back. And then I settle myself. I don't say those words. Cooler heads prevail, or I like pinch myself until it hurts. And I say, best of luck to them. I only want what's best for them. And then we go on our way. And uh, my legs are bleeding right now from all the Xavier Tillman talk that we did uh, earlier. <laughs> Uh, next up from CTNTC, uh, Michael Jones, worst concert experience. So definitely said jam band at MSU, but if you want some bigger ones, um, I would say that, uh, I'll name two bands that I quite enjoy. I saw Pearl Jam, uh, Mm -hmm. two nights in a row. And the second night was in Toledo. And they had Neil Young there and Peter Frampton. And at some point in time, Eddie Vedder just disappeared. And Neil Young was doing his, like, I'm stroking out into the mic mumbling thing uh, for what seemed like hours. Alternative? Uh, Foo Fighters following uh, Weezer was, they were a disappointment. I saw Sonic Youth one time and I thought it was going to be fantastic. And then it was not fantastic. Um, oh, and, and and sorry, Electric Six. I saw them way after college. Not the same. <laughs> it was, it's not fun when you're older. Yeah. In fact, one of the times I saw them, they were like having a midlife crisis on the stage. <laughs> that's, that sounds so right. And it's still like 19 year old white dudes there. Um, anyway, last question from CT and TC is if you could tell yourself one piece of advice on the first day you stepped on campus, what would it be? Uh, go to class, <laughs> go to class would be mine. Take this seriously. Uh, but also enjoy it and, uh, do go on that, uh, semester abroad because there yeah, are certain things one. that you only have the opportunity to do while you're in college and you should take advantage of them. Uh, I know it's going to cost a little money, but money will happen to you later. So um, do that. Take advantage of the time while you're here, because like I said, there are some things that you can only do while you're in college. Do you, do you want to take a moment? Is there anything you wanted to add to this? Yeah. um, I I guess I would have just added um, two things. One is, I probably would have tried to figure out that I have ADHD sooner in life. Um, that because that would have made me more successful in school and probably also have had more fun. Um, and then the other piece would have been kind of related to your study abroad. I think I would have said, um, do something big for yourself. Um, like do do you know maybe it's study abroad. I think in retrospect, I would have taken a giant backpacking trip if I had just been a little bit more adventurous when I was a kid. So uh. Elon Bloom asks, how does X thing in the draft play for guys like Bingham Marble and Sissoka? I think we covered that, right? You agree? Yeah. Yep. Good question. Just covered. 
Yep. Aston answer. Also, also for Elon Bloom then for you, will Aaron Henry take his game up a level after getting feedback from the NBA? We didn't cover that. I think he does. Um, I think his point total stays give or take the same. He's because Rocket's still going to take 90 shots. Uh, Hauser's still going to get his, but I think Aaron Henry ha- it will make the decision in his mind that I need to be the guy. And it may not be that he ends up being the guy, but he's going to, he's going to do what it takes. What do you think? Uh, agree. Yeah. yeah. I, I think he steps up. I think we get a big year out of him. I think. Uh, Next question from Elon Bloom is what are your thoughts on the letter of the PAC 12 athletes send about playing under a pandemic? See above complicated. Uh, next question from good question though. Uh, next question from Elon Bloom is what one non-sports related thing do you miss most miss most about Michigan state? Um, getting to just hang out with my peers, uh, especially right now. <laughs> do you mean specifically one roommate? Yes. Lou. <laughs> Lou. Lou, we miss you. Um, all right. Uh, Taylor, Taylor Anderson. Anderson. Uh, what would your preferred MSU starting five if we get into the college CBB? Wait, if we get, oh, if we get college basketball this year with Tillman going pro, what's your preferred starting five? Uh, I think we also covered this. So just name them off. Yeah. So I'm going to say Rocket. Henry Brown, I don't care which spot they're in. Um, Hauser, I think I want to see Marble. Ooh, interesting. Also, I, Langford, just leaving him out there in the cold. I no, he's just not the start. Okay, I, it, it's I, I, he's not starting. I I just don't see it happening. All right, he's thirty, but whatever. <laughs> uh, next question from Taylor is. Why does Greg hate the fans of the podcast and refuse to join the Zoom call happy hour? Is he actually the real Upper Deck Jerk guy with a voice synthesizer? Great question, Taylor. For those who don't know, we did have a Zoom happy hour attended by me and me alone, and it was great. Yeah, uh, sort of a late notice on that, although I, I heard it was a lot of fun. So we'll have to do a follow-up at some point. Um, and I'll, you know. I'll try to pencil you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to make room with that D&D schedule. Yeah, there's a uh, lot going on. I'm, I'm in demand. I'm a man about town. Next up from Taylor Anderson, what team would you prefer Xavier Land with? The Pistons, since he's a Michigan kid, or another team, so he has a chance to play meaningful basketball still? Uh, question to your question, what team is Cassius Winston on? Because, yeah. I mean, if either one of those guys is with Miles or JJJ, it is hands down my favorite NBA team. Yeah. So. Uh, I I like with anyone that I care about in the NBA, I just want them to land on one of the few functioning franchises where they can yeah. actually like continue their career. It I is mean, a like, wildly kind of lukewarm, mildly inept league, right? From an ownership standpoint. Yes. Yeah. I think that's fair to say. I think the NBA is always chasing the last thing that worked and but whatever there's a lot of nba fans out there that would probably have a stroke if they heard me say that and would just rage the the nba is doing a lot of good stuff at the same time too yeah you can find him at the rage cager on twitter that's rage with an r cage with a k (laughs) tweet at him about your nba opinions last question from taylor anderson 
What's the most impulsive purchase you have made during quarantine? Oh, wow. That's tough. I don't, like, there's not a big thing. Um, I really have not, like, have you done anything to, like, treat yourself? Well, I mean, you know, I don't know if I said it on a pod, but there was a time where um, one half of the house was on furlough. And good news, buddy. Good news. After, like, four months, finally getting that unemployment check. Excellent. Treat yourself. Big news. Treat yourself. That is going back into the, oh, shit, what happens now (laughs) fund. Um, I don't, I don't know. Weird seltzers. It's probably my biggest thing. Yeah, it's, it's probably some kind of alcohol related thing. Maybe, maybe we need to branch out a little bit. You know, I'm pretty fortunate in this house and both of us have continued to stay employed and we actually both appear that that trend will continue. So maybe I should do something because we don't get to go on vacation this year. So we should do something. Next up from Raymond Shane's did Greg and the other basement children defeat the fire queen and her rabid dwarves while playing D and D. It was our first week. So not a whole lot. Happened. You never told I'm me who the DM it. was. Uh, Weiss. Uh, he actually uh, inserted himself in that conversation. If you want to know, oh, listening audience, he inserted himself in that uh, Zoom conversation that. Uh, on Twitter. So that's our DM. I'll I answered that one, so I'll get you with the next one. What implication of MSU? Oh, what are the implications of MSU hockey's recruiting hall? What do we know about these guys, Raymond? Uh, well, look from all the film that I've reviewed. And um, what I know Why about we spend our 45 minutes on this. Danton is scheming. Um, it's looking like we need to book Jerry Bear. <laughs> so uh, Jerry Bear, if you're listening, uh, you know, reach out. We mm-hmm. we need you back, buddy. Yeah, um, we need to talk about this. Um, but my understanding... all, huge haul, huge haul. Yeah. But these guys have got to get on campus, which they're not meant to do until like 2022 or something like that like yeah because hockey you like recruit children well mm, mm, (laughs) yes and no just coming out of Uh, anyway uh, next question uh is what sacrifices will the coaches have to make with their 10 percent pandemic cut uh pay cut uh izzo will have to forego the weekly antique accordion purchase tucker will be limited to limited to limited to two limited release nike's uh, per week. What else? Oh, uh, Mel had so many birding uh, binoculars that he wanted. Like he had this whole birding setup. He had the vest. I, he had the I hat, heard a birding excursion. Hat. Uh, all that's gone now. I mean, Taylor Anderson. This was going to be the treat yourself of the this century. Jeopardy jerk guy, right? Um, yeah. No, no, I'm sorry, so, Raymond Chains. Raymond Chains, same person. Yeah. Same same diff as we learned, of course, between the Zoom call and uh, having Upper Deck Jerk Guy on last week. Um, that's the big one. For Izzo, um, he's got to, his big cutback uh, is, God, he took accordion. Damn you, Raymond. You took accordion from me. I, I, think, um, his, I think his next uh, Midnight Madness costume is going to be a little low budget. Yeah, you're going to be able to see the seams on that thing. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's going to be just a burlap sack. Lupe's going to sew it at home. <laughs> yeah. 
next up from Raymond Chains, this week on the D'Antonio Show, no longer D'Antonio Cam. We've graduated officially. Here it is. This is network television now, folks. Yep. We're through sweeps. After finding out that his favorite watering hole is being extorted by gangsters, the coach calls a favor with Big Kenny Willekes. Or after firing neighborhood association meeting, Coach D has to mediate between Izzo and Merchant. Ooh. So I what, do you, do, what would do they Izzo feud Merchant, about? Do Izzo and Merchant live in the same neighborhood? I presume. I mean, if you know the neighborhoods in East Lansing, yeah, there's few. They're between. all they're all in the same neighborhood. I I imagine. So I, so fun story about my in-laws, um, they live, uh, they live in Delaware near the shore or beach. Uh, they call it the beach in Delaware, but there's, because it's sort of a vacation destination, there's been big drama around whether the pool is open in the time of COVID. Ooh. It got Ooh. shut down for a little while. They've got the security cameras like people have to bring their own chairs. They're paying someone. Now my mother-in-law inexplicably to wipe just like a rail down every two hours. Um, if we visit, we're not allowed there. Because chlorine apparently is not a thing. Um, anyway, I tend to think the neighborhood association may be the right answer in the time of COVID. Because people need to put their passions somewhere and they're putting them in the worst places. So what do you think? What's the feud over? Izzo merchant neighborhood association feud. Um, I suspect that it is over. Hmm. Uh, I think it's uh, their, their landscaping service has demanded uh, higher pay. Maybe. You know, or, or you know, they're they're outsourcing. They're they're taking RFPs on on landscaping services. I don't know. The Izzo, I heard that the Izzo residence has three of those big spotlights up into the clouds, with just Bates and Christy <laughs> and Boache, just their faces, and they're just like up on the clouds, and it's causing a bit of a thing in the neighborhood. Yeah, sure, sure, that makes more sense. That yep, you know, um. Man, could you imagine not having three five-star recruits? Could right. you imagine? Tough, tough. Uh, I can't relate. Uh, anyway, next up is the upper deck jerk guy who first asks, what do I have to do to win this thing? You well, got to get that game up, man. You got to get the game up. All right? It's fair and square. Everyone knows the rules that are intentionally vague. Uh, so uh, we're going we're gonna to need you to dig deep. Uh, next up from Upper Deck Jerk Guy, X is gone, but so many other Big Ten bigs return. Where would you rank us finishing in the Big Ten this year? We actually didn't cover this. We didn't, uh, though I think we have a little bit more of an on-point question uh, or articulated question from uh, Anthony Garvert coming up. Ooh, I I think we're, we're, we're certainly a top four team. I, I don't see how this team is not a top four team. Okay, fair. Um, next question is, have the school districts in your area gone online only yet? Uh, yeah, Lansing and East Lansing and Okemos are all officially online. What about you? I don't know. I know daycare has been open and I've been very thankful for that. Um, but I don't know what the school districts are doing. Um, so TBD. 
Final question from the Upper Deck Jerk Guy. Bubble the Big Ten basketball season in Indianapolis. What do you think? (laughs) That question is technically for you. Um, I I know Harbaugh wouldn't be in attendance, though. Ooh. Ooh. Doesn't know where Indianapolis is on a map. Uh, Can't find it. Yeah. As we've determined, and I know you know the answer to this Upper Deck Jerk Guy. Can't do that with college kids. Does not work. Uh, Not cool. Not cool. Uh, next up so is Nate C. Nate C. First yes. off, salute to you, my man. Yeah. So uh, we obviously are cutting people down to four questions. Uh, Nate C. came in with some hot takes that were just not a questions, which honestly, maybe we should have that be a thing for a future week. Give us your not a questions. So just give us your statements. Um, sort of a play on the not a sponsor. Uh, so he didn't care for the Pac-12 coaches releasing players who didn't uh, take the risk this season. Big agree. Uh, he thanked Tillman, one of the, did he say funniest guys to watch? Yeah, I mean, Tillman did do, Tillman, yeah. Tillman had like old man humor to him. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, okay. And uh, finally, not a question number three, Luca Garza won't make the pros and he knows it. I, I kind of agree. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't he wasn't going to do well in the draft. If, so. if, you, if you had that good of a year and people weren't interested in your game, I, I don't see it. Yeah. What, what's he going to improve? Particularly, it, it, Iowa has, uh, his name's escaping me, some guy coming back from like eight surgeries um, who's supposedly like a great shooter. So I don't know how that does anything for Garza's game other than just take points away from him. Mm-hmm. I just I don't see Garza having a better year next year unless suddenly Iowa decides that defense is actually part of playing basketball. I mean, and I'm not joking. They were, according to Ken Palm, the yep. 12th best defense in the Big Ten, which, to be clear, might as well be last because you had Northwestern and Nebraska last year. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> I mean, they were garbage. Jared, I know you're listening garbage. Luca Garza is not going to do shit next year and it's not going to improve his stock. Um, but Hey, I can be wrong. Wish him all the best. <laughs> uh, next question. Uh, would you rather live near an airport just after the primary runway or next to railroad tracks? Ooh, railroad tracks. I think for, right. For sure. We, I mean, South complex was near enough. The, the railroad tracks, you get used to it. Yeah. You just stop hearing it after a while. Yeah. Um, next from Nate C when sports come back, are you still going to be interested in our questions? <laughs> this is a really good question. Cause, um, I, we, we gotta talk about that. We, we would have to have some show meetings on, on how to make this work. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be the same format, but definitely. Absolutely. We're which still is, interested which in is a testament to honestly, the engagement we've gotten in from everyone. And we yeah. don't want to dismiss that. Like it's, the Twitter questions have been a, a blast and a carrier for us. Uh, mm-hmm. So we appreciate all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, last question from Nate C. What are you going to do with your kids now that they can't go back to school? If you don't have kids, but you, if you don't have kids, but you did, would you send them back if schools opened? I know that this is a very privileged statement, but I, if I could not send them back, I, I would not send them back. I know that that's not an option for everyone though. But could you what not about the actual back? dad on the pod what's your answer i i mean i sent him to daycare there you go i mean terrible father yeah uh staff wears masks temperature checks 
etc. Uh, by all accounts, kids my age, not great spreaders. But I, I mean, anyone with a two-year-old, tell me how you keep them in a dual-income household. Mm-hmm. <laughs> tell me. Well, yeah, not having kids during COVID nineteen has been a real boon. Yeah, it's something that I I have very much appreciated when I see people that do. Uh, next up. From Anthony Garvert, with Tillman and Henry's decision solidified, as well as a few other key players, Desumu, Coburn, and Garza, power rank, where you think the following four teams finish in the Big Ten? Oh, there you go. Illinois, Wisconsin, MSU, and Iowa. I think it's... I think it's maybe that order. Maybe Wisconsin and Illinois flip. But I'm... Look, I'm a Spartan... If you told me MSU won the Big Ten next year, I'm not shocked by that. What about you? Uh, yeah, I, I'm i inclined to put, un- until otherwise stated, I'm inclined to put Iowa. No. No. I will go. I mean, Illinois do you think Iowa I, actually improves their offensive production next year? I, I mean, but you know what you're going to get already from them and it's it's good it's very good yeah so but you just gotta tweak some stuff on defense i'm pretty sure I, I haven't gone back and looked. defense i haven't gone back and looked i don't think fran has just never played defense his entire career i could be wrong about that but um i think things could could happen um there's just a lot of questions right now at msu it, losing a generational point guard and maybe a, another player that is actually more valuable to the team than the generational point card. Yeah. And, know. and yeah, to, I, I, we talked about this before we started recording, but for those who haven't heard this, for some reason, last year, there were all of 11 possessions where neither Cassius nor Xavier Tillman were on the floor. So whatever you're getting next year, it's new buckle up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, next this question. one's for you. This okay. one's for you. What's your favorite cut of steak and how do you like it prepared? Uh, Anthony, this is a great question. I mean, I, if you're not picking filet, I think that's a little cray cray. But in the intro, I'm also someone who likes a bigger cut of meat. And to get a filet of sufficient size, you're spending a stupid amount of money. So I want to go ribeye. Um, and I like it grilled or a reverse sear. Um, you salt it at least hours. I mean, I'm talking like six hours in advance. Salt that thing. Then I put a little olive oil on it, a little pepper, maybe a bit of oregano if I'm feeling frisky. Put it on the grill. Have some fun with it. Oh, uh, if you're the- talking check, I'm talking medium medium rare uh and then this one's also for you what is one piece of advice you would give to a first-time parent dipio anthony garvard i assume that's an announcement no he's got he's long since announced he's got a baby on the way very excited for you buddy um i would say uh be be patient with your significant other and have uh, conversations about like raising stuff that are important. 
not in the moment. Um, Cause those first, I can speak to nearly the first two years and they're kind of crazy, particularly year one to year two. So uh, you're going to have some conversations, but otherwise just, I would also say this, this is probably the most important piece of advice I can tell you is anytime you catch yourself saying, I can't wait for like, I'm thrilled. I get to like kind of rough house with my son right now. It's a lot of fun, but like, you'll find yourself particularly when they're young saying, I can't wait for when, and it's something like that. But then you, you lost the moment where they just sit in your arms. It's gone. It's never coming back. So just cherish that stuff, man. It's the best. Every second is the best. Anyway, that's what I got. Uh, last question from Anthony Garver is, do you think the Summer Olympics will end up getting scrapped altogether until 2024? Or will the Olympic Committee do a mega all-season Olympics in 2022? It's possible. Beijing's, what? Beijing's hosting in 2022 for the, the Winter Olympics, and they've already done summer. It's possible. And Ooh. China would be the ones to be like, bring it on. Uh, no, I, I don't think they're going to get scrapped. I don't think we're there yet. Um, Japan's doing a great job. Tokyo is is doing pretty well right now. And we could very easily have a well-disseminated um, uh, vaccine or two or three by then. So um, I'm going to say we get the Olympics next year. Uh, I'm optimistic on that. Next up from Mama Maple Leaf, with regard to sports and children from the 17 to 10 year bracket, do you defend enjoyment or do you defend skill development? Development, pardon me. There was a link associated with this that I meant to click on and I did not. So apologies, Mama Maple Leaf. Are you trying to get them to have fun or are you trying to get them to be better? I, I think it's both. Though I do think you really have to check in on, at that point in time, what's motivating your child. Um, if they want to get better, that's great. If they're not, then you got to check that too. Um, I don't, but there's some sports at 7 to 10 that I don't know how on earth they could be enjoyable to a kid. Baseball and softball are painful at that age. That's why kids play soccer. <laughs> right? Like, oh, just run after the ball. It's great. Um, so I I don't know. I, I don't defend either one, but I I think there's a place for both. Do you got an opinion on this? You seem to know what it's about. Yeah, no, I, I don't. Uh and I I I have no nothing of kids from the seven to ten year old bracket. Um, All right. It it seems like just don't be a crazy parent. Let's try that. Yeah. Um, though, if you had like a super talented, like kid, like if, if your kid somehow picked up, uh, piano pretty naturally or something, but you know, let other people tell you how talented your kid is. Oh yes, for sure. Yes. No, don't, yeah. don't go telling everyone and making it a big part of your identity. Agreed. Agreed. Um, <laughs> Next question uh, from Mama Belief is newborn red pandas at the Grand Rapids Zoo. Kirk Cousins was in on a uh, Kirk Cousins was in on a, a PR something or other about naming them. If Sparty is one name, what are your choices for the other two pandas? Uh, someone came in with Drew and Stanton 
apparently. Yeah. And uh, that's my answer. Boom. Done. One is named Drew. One is named Stanton. <laughs> Next up for Mama Maple Leaf, with, with past MSU and newly surfaced U of M reports of sexual harassment slash misconduct slash abuse of student staff. Oh, okay. How much more time do we have on the pod? What actions do you put in place to protect your students and staff from the G and J G and J University? Uh, and how would you ensure the effective use of lines of communication slash command and follow up? I think um, there was a comment about the number of slashes in this question. Yeah. So this is heavy. You know, we never had the the podcast during during the whole Nasser thing. And we we've touched on it, but we also decided not to spend time this weekend. What's going on at U of M. Maybe we will at some point, but what do I you mean, got? Yeah. It, I'm going to, I am going to give an answer that it does not give the question it's due and is a continuing and ongoing conversation. But I certainly, the first thing I would do is listen to experts on um, I, I would listen to legal experts on process questions uh, and compliance questions. And then I would listen to uh, victim survivor advocates on what they need and would um, do my very best to implement something that, that was an amalgamation of those ideas. Uh, but I would make it a point that if you see something or you hear something, there is a duty to report um, so that it is it is like uh, something that is blooming throughout an organization that there that there are multiple lines of reporting that happen so that there is a a combustion of internal pressure to take action. Yeah, this uh, whole practice of open secrets and that kind of stuff like. Yep. Fortunately, we were being forced to to reckon with those. Um, if you, we decided not to talk about it this week. If you haven't educated yourself on what's going on at U of M, it is worth doing so. Yes. Um, weird phrasing. Bonus question. Uh, with Jonesy's tongue tripping question reading last week, or was it the added pressure of the Epidemic Jerk guy looming in the wings? Did you want your fans to send you audio clips with dramatic question readings? Kevin, we could do this with like a Google number. Have people leave a voicemail. Yeah, uh, some podcasts do that where they're like, hey, call us in and, and leave an, an audiogram. Um, yeah, we, we could do something like that. If you that, if you really want to leave questions how, by, by maybe voice. Maybe that's how we do questions uh, when sports come back is you've got a call and you're by virtue of that getting one. <laughs> uh, I also don't like it because it's more editing work. Uh, oh, yes, that is, that is more work for you. <laughs> so maybe not. Uh, uh, next up from Always Thinking 1835, uh, who would you most like to see featured in a reboot of MTV's Celebrity Deathmatch? Do you have an answer on that? It's Taylor and Kanye, right? Like, who knew when that took place, when he interrupted her at the VMAs, the pop culture ramifications that would continue through to the 2020 presidential election. Who knew? Uh, Who had any idea? I would probably take 
it, only because there's such love on one side of it, and I think it would make for a funny episode. Um, Adele and Beyonce, because Adele is such a huge Beyonce fan mm. that I would find it very funny if she like begrudgingly murdered her in a claymation style death match. Um, <laughs> anyway, next question from Always Thinking 1835. The best question that's ever been asked. Top three dinosaurs. Rank and discuss, please. Can we pass on this one? Oh, this it's not fair to put me on the spot. The top one, and this might make me basic, is Triceratops. And I I don't blame you if you're like, oh, get a little creative with the dinosaurs. It's funny how like dinosaurs are such a huge deal when you're a kid and then you sort of forget that they exist for a while and then they become a huge exist? deal again that, that they existed, <laughs> um, that there's something to read about and be excited about. And then they come back up again when you start having nieces and nephews or kids of your own. Um, or watching Jurassic Park. Or, yeah, the Jurassic Park series. Did, did you watch the most recent Jurassic World? Yeah. It was a movie. Yeah, it was. Perfect airplane fodder. Yes. Uh, we got to do this some other time. Give me, give me a top three or what answer uh, this question to the best of your ability. Uh, basic, also Stegosaurus. Um, I will say um, the uh, whatever the spitting one was because I think that one was actually real. Dilophosaurus. Sure, uh, that one's pretty badass. Uh, and then, come on, the pterodactyl. Yeah, well, that. That's actually no. a collection of different dinosaurs. Uh, Ankylosaur gets a lot of play in this house. That's the wife's favorite dinosaur. Is that the one with the, what's the one with like the ball spiked leg or uh, tail? Sorry. It's not spiked, but it is a, a bald tail. Uh, yeah. You're thinking of Stegosaurus. No, 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 no. I swear there was one that had like, like, we, we, all right, this has gone on too long. Uh, <laughs> next question. What Spartan celebrities would you most like to see face off in a hypothetical claymation reboot of, uh, I assume, Celebrity Deathmatch? Uh, let's put... Uh, let's put <laughs> Javon and J.U. Yeah, okay. We'll stick with that. Um, next up from Always Thinking 1835, is there something that you would absolutely love to share with your child slash children, current, future, or imaginary that your partner would absolutely not love? Things like experiences, activities, traditions, hobbies, etc. D and D. My wife would not support that. There you go. I'm the man of my house, so what <laughs> I say goes. So if I wanted to teach a kid something, shoot a gun. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, all right, not true. Next question is from Sawyer, like Tom. If you had to be forced to be in a bubble in any city other than EL, that's East Lansing for the uninitiated, uh, where would you choose? Uh, the problem is most of the major cities uh, are having a rough time with this crisis. I don't know if you've uh, been reading the headlines. Um, how about uh, a city outside of the United States? Or New Zealand specifically. Auckland would be yes. my choice. Yep. Solid choice. Hanging out with Gabe Newell of, of uh, Steam. Um, next up from Sawyer Like Tom, when are you going to end the podcast with the closing bars of the series? The start is perfect at the beginning, but it's just so weird to hear it at the end. I have a strong disagree on this, Sawyer Like Tom, because here's my thought. 
In the same way that uh, you might imagine on a military uniform, the flag is backwards. It's meant to reflect how the flag would look if you were charging into battle. Uh, the series being at the beginning is always about uh, MSU charging into battle. So that's my take. Good answer. Thank you. But also I'll look into that. <laughs> we need to look into our logo first because uh, yes. despite what sort of like Tom says, B-List came up with some fire. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, that's true. Uh, uh, next question is, let's say football happens. All right, let's say. But there are only a handful of tickets, and they are only made available to select donors. No students. Can't read, can't write, is given free tickets. Do you go? This plays into our Pac-12 conversation earlier. Uh, yeah, thanks, sorry, like Tom, for outing us as the huge mega-level donors that we are. Um, <laughs> we've been trying to keep that to ourselves. Uh, yeah, it does. Like at a certain point we've railed against the concept of football in the fall. So many times, can we in good conscience go to the games? I think I was fortunate. I got to go to the Penn state game after the rainout. I got to go back to that because Booster. I was living in East Lansing. Um, that's not a name drop. That's just Penn state. Booster. Um, and I'm also a Penn state booster cause I got to go to the game at the Palestra and you had to pay them to do that. Um, so I've been in Spartan stadium when it's empty and it is an interesting <laughs> experience, but it is not, it's not, it's more fun than you would think at the same time. It's, uh, it can be a good time, but that was a really good game. So, um, I think it's maybe I wouldn't go. Because it would be, <laughs> it would be contrary to my values. But uh, I wouldn't blame you if you did, because you'd get to be there. Yeah, it would but, have to be. Though you would agree, for it to be remotely conscionable, it would have to be a very select few, mm-hmm. like less than ten percent of capacity. Yeah. Finally, from Sir Lake Tom, have you ever moved with movers? And how much did you feel like in his hole sitting there while they haul all of your stuff around? Uh, so I know you're going to have an opinion on this, but I'm just uh-huh. going to go ahead and say that it de- it depends a little bit on the type of movers you're using. If you are using real movers from a real moving company, you're an a-hole if you try. Because yeah. they're professionals you're in their way. Um, if you pick up some people through like U-Haul, I do tend to feel a little bit more like an a-hole just sitting there. Um, or at least not directing the ship, unpacking boxes actively, appearing like I'm not working. That that does bother me a little bit more. You got an opinion? I'm sure you Yeah, do. if you've got real professional movers, make yourself available to them, but just get out of their way. It's like anyone else. Don't, hang yeah. out over their shoulder just get out of their way you're slowing things down honestly yeah, they've got insurance like they're pros like let them yeah. do their thing i was a mover in college uh for several years i i was on the trucks so i uh i know the game um and some of those guys are really good some of them aren't but some of those guys are spectacularly good just get out of their way and you know do tip your movers um yes Tip your movers. 10, 20 bucks is enough. Or at least it was when I was in college. Um, So probably 20. Yeah. 
20 bucks. Uh, next up from Nick Kamansky, <laughs> we have a, by the, by the Twitter looks, uh, we have a new U of M troll. Um, what does MSU football have to do to maintain its recruiting lead over Purdue for the class of 2021? We kind of covered this. Yeah, we did. I mean, exist. Purdue's not catching up. If it does, I'll cry on air. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Jeff Brom's highly paid coach in the Big Ten, right? Second highest paid gotta, coach, I believe. Yeah, they got to do something, right? It's not that bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, next question from Nick Kamansky. <laughs> Coming in real troll-like. <laughs> Who are the top pass catchers Coach Mel Tucker will land in the 2021 class? I have some thoughts on this, but Kevin, go first. Well, he got his biggest one as a transfer from Western. Uh, so I guess it's Mark D'Antonio that actually got that one. But anyway, yeah. uh, we'll uh, we'll see. It's not this class ain't over yet. We're and, uh, we just got to be a little patient. That's all. Yeah. And uh, by the way, Nick, just to be clear, the position of strength for next year is receiver. Yeah. Like we would like some receivers, but we're good. We're, that's actually the one place we're good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Finally, from Nick Kamansky, why is Spaceship Earth the best ride at Epcot? Is it the only ride at Epcot? Are there rides at Epcot? Like, I mean, I mean, to have an opinion on this, but like, <laughs> wow. Deep cut, Have you man. ever been to Very Epcot? Very specific to your life. Uh, I have uh, a few times. I don't, I genuinely do not recall rides there, though. Genuinely. I've never been to, to any of the Disney parks. Never? Or or any of the parks. No. Oh, never. Man. We should do that together when this quarantine thing is over. Yeah. From Come what on. I've heard. Yeah. Come on. It's, from what I've heard. Not that great. Uh, anyway. Fi- finally, B-list. Thunderdome hijinks coming soon to Amazon Prime. What's the main plot line? This is you. Uh, I've got to come up with that. Okay. Thunder, Thunderdome hijinks. Okay. So you're in, you're Wait. in Holden Hall. Uh, you're okay. held up. Uh, and then there's a great caper. There's someone has defaced the great Holden Hall uh, list of. Uh, nope. All right. I got better. I got better. Bail me out. Uh, I think Thunderdome hijinks is a show where. It's like an American Ninja Warrior style show or, or sort of some some sort of athletic competition show, but it's actually a prank show. So, you know, like maybe someone's going through this intense race with another person and they uh, they fall behind and, and find the dead body of that person somewhere. Like it's a prank style show is, I guess, what I'm saying. Pranked them. What Pranked a prank. Em. There's a decent prank show now on Netflix with uh, the kid from um, uh, Stranger Things, by the mm. way, worth, worth checking out. Um, Great. It involves two people who are being pranked who do not know that they're both in a prank show. Mm. And their, their storylines converge. Anyway, next question from B-List, uh, I guess technically for me now, uh, is Curtis Blackwell? Still the worst, B-List. Still the worst. Yeah. Is there something new for him? I don't think so. I think it's just, a, I think he's just trying to raise the hairs, raise the, the heckle. He's someone's upset that we're not using his uh, really good uh, uh, podcast image. Yeah. Uh, and finally from B-List, uh, do you think the real upper deck jerk guy is a convicted felon? 
To which the uh, the infrastructure guy responded, "Convicted?" Question mark. Uh, uh, I don't. I, I mean, look, he hacked us, so there's that. Um, but I mean, he is everything you would expect. Kind of an asshole, but kind of one of us. So I don't know. Yeah. You get any more? Uh, I. I think this is a great week of questions. I think we laughed. I think we cried. I think we learned about Epcot, which was a waste of time. Uh, so uh, pretty good. And, pretty good episode. Greg, we are sub two hours. That's great news. It. Did it. Uh, so they I said think it couldn't be done. Said it couldn't be. Many have said few believed. Um, so with Jersey. that, let's, let's just end it. Go ahead, buddy. Go green. Go white. This is the part where we play the end of the series. Psych is going to be the beginning. Hey!